This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, Pasha Vayigash. Wow. That's some unbelievable new stuff. Okay. So, I'm going to go first to the Medrash Tanchuma. Medrash Tanchuma, this week's Pasha. So, Vayigash El of Yehuda. This week's Pasha begins Vayigash El of Yehuda. And Yehuda approached Yosef. And he was very upset. And as Rashi says, that really, there are three different pshatim, what he was, what he was saying, because he said, please my master, I want to tell you, my master something in your, in your ears, don't get angry at me, because you are like Paro. So Rashi says, maybe with a compliment, to me, he was saying, you are like a king. So that's nice. Zeb The Medrash says, he said, if you're going to keep my brother, Benjamin, you're going to get Saras, leprosy, the way Paro got Saras, when he kept Sarah. You can't, you can't keep captive a Jew. Paro, the old Paro, went by, by Avram Avinu, when he brought Sarah, and he said it was his sister. So that night, when he kept Sarah, he got, he got um, Saras. So he said, Remember that other paro? You're like that paro. If you're going to keep my binyamin, you're going to end up with with um, with saras. Then he said, sort of challenging, or my paro goes in with kayim, just like paro, your king. He says something, but he doesn't keep it. He promises and he doesn't keep it. you're the same. You're just as bad as him. Okay. And the last thing, if you mess with me, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill Paro. Okay? So he got, he got very threatening. The question is, why did he wait till now to get threatening? You know, he was very, they were very nice. But Yom Yehuda, let's go back to last week's Pasha, the end of Pasha Mikhez. But Yom Yehuda, what should I tell you, my master? What should I say? What should I cry? You know, God sees that we sinned, that they stole his cup, right? We're going to be your servants. All of us. And also the boy that you found, the, 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 the cup, you know. So, so at the end of Pashmikates, Yehuda is saying, because of you, Corpin Yaman, we're all going to be your servants. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill Paro. You're a liar. Just like, what happened? He just said they want to be Avadim. Because there's a Pusik in between. And the Pasuk is that after he, Yehuda told this to, to Yosef, Yosef answers in the back, of course he didn't know it was Yosef at this point, but Yomer, Chalil should do such a thing. Only the guy who stole the cup that we caught, he's gonna be my servant. But you guys, go back home. So, Yehuda said, we're all going to be servants. Yosef said, I don't want all of you to be servants. The guy who's guilty, Binyamin, he should be the servant. Right? And all of a sudden now, Yehuda's like, you know what? We're not going to be your servants. We're going to kill you. What happened? And the answer is, that by the Asari Ruge Malchus, by the Asari Ruge Malchus, which we say on, which we say on, on Tisha B'Av and on, on Yom Kippur, so it says that when the king said, you sold, you know, you sold your brothers and you were never punished for it. So you ten tzaddikim, nobody ever lived that was as great as you. You're all going to die. So they said, no, we're not all going to die unless Shemayim wants us to die. They knew Hashem's names. They could have taken care of business with no problem. So they sent Yishmael Kohen Gadol to Shemayim. And he heard from the Malach at the gate, that, at the parochas, that they're supposed to die. So they accepted it and they didn't fight it. This whole time... If you look in the, in the Chumash, you'll see that Yehuda and the brothers, every time they're running into trouble, the first time they got caught, the second time, they're all saying, they're all saying to each other, you know why this is happening? This is happening because of how we, that we sold our brother. So they kept blaming themselves for this situation happening. But what happened at the end of last week's parasha? Yehuda says, okay, we deserve this. We know we, what we did. We're all going to be servants. We're all going to be slaves. You know, we sold Yosef to Mitzrayim. Now we're stuck in Mitzrayim. Mida Keneged Mida. And they were willing to accept it. But the minute Yosef said, 
Uh, I don't want any of you. I just want Binyamin, who just said, hold on. Binyamin didn't sell Yosef. Binyamin didn't do anything wrong. So if this guy wants to let us all go and only keep Binyamin, then this is not Menashemayim. This is not a punishment for what happened because Binyamin doesn't deserve to be punished. We deserve to be punished. So if this king is saying, you guys all go home, but I want to keep Binyamin, but you guys say, Yehuda, Yehuda said, no, 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 no. If this is not from Shemayim, we'll rip your heads off. If it's from Shemayim, we, we're going to lose. But if it's not from Shemayim, we're going to rip your heads off. So Yehuda was compared to a lion and... I wanted to tell you, I had to give this preparation, now I want you to hear what this measure says. So the measure says following. It says in the Pasuk in Mishlei, Layish giba babehema, v'layashim ibnei kol. The lion, Layish is a, a lion. The lion is the strongest of all animals, and it does not back down from anything. And it brings down a story. Maisim Rav Chanita ben Dosa, there's a story with Rav Chanita ben Dosa, Shira Ari. That he saw a lion in Eretz Yisrael. There was a lion, a mountain lion on the loose, causing havoc. For Amalo, and Rabbi Chanir ben Dosik went over to the lion and he said, E Melech Chalash, he said, O weak king, he said to the lion, O weak king, didn't I swear that no lion would be seen in Eretz Yisrael? Meyad Barach, immediately the lion ran away. He didn't hurt nobody, he didn't bother anybody. Anyone, any, you hear anything wrong with what he did? There's a lion, people are in danger, kids are in danger. He meets the lion, he says, weakling that you are, I swore that you will not be seen here in Israel. Immediately the lion gets up and he runs away. Right? What's Acharov Rabbi Hanina? Rabbi Hanina runs after the lion that's running away. Amalah, he says, Na'anesi lecha. He says, I beg forgiveness from you. Now, why do you think he begged forgiveness from the lion? What did he do wrong? Anyone here know? What did he do wrong? He's begging forgiveness from a lion, from an animal. What did he do wrong? But a tzaddik, even when it comes to an animal, has to be careful how he talks. Now, Anesi Lecha, I apologize that I caused you pain. Shikarasicha Chalosh. Because I called you a weakling. But Hashem, who created the world, called you a gibar. Because what does it say? So, the lesson that I got from this medrash, <laughs> so, if you meet a dog in the street and you're like, you weak dog, you know, get out of here. Big deal, it's a dog. It's a lion, right? No. And this is something that is very important as being a person. In other words, who cares? So you call the lion weakling. The lion doesn't even understand what you said. He doesn't understand Hebrew, and he doesn't understand that you called him a weakling. Why would you run after a lion to ask forgiveness from an animal that you called a weakling? And the answer is, If Hashem calls you a gibar, then I can't call you a weakling. And it's not the effect, and, and, and I talk about this all the time, the beginning of my book on, on, on gratitude. It's not that the other person needs your gratitude. It's not that the other person needs your thank you. A lot of people don't need a thank you, just the opposite. A lot of people are like, shh, don't tell anyone, don't look. But you, it affects you. If you don't, if you don't say thank you, even if the other person doesn't need a thank you, if you don't say thank you, right? What's that, what's that mission in Perkyavos? Right, um, I don't remember by heart, or no, maybe it's not a mission of Pirkeiavos. No, it's not a mission of Pirkeiavos, it's a Gemara, and he's sitting by the stream, and there's a beautiful tree, and he's sitting under the tree, and before he gets up, he says, how can I give the tree a, bl- I want to give the tree a bracha, and he gives the tree a bracha that you should, that your children should be like you. It's Gemara talks about it, right? <laughs> Could you imagine if you saw Wallstein standing by the tree outside talking to it? You wouldn't come to my share anymore. Why are you talking to trees, Rabbi? What's going on, right? Why are you talking to trees? Why was he talking to a tree? Not because the tree understood that he thanked the tree that it gave him shade. The tree didn't, the tree doesn't understand that. But he had to thank the tree. Gratitude, manners, treating another person correctly, even if the person doesn't want it, 
it, it makes you a better person. So over here, the lion didn't understand a word he said. It wasn't about the lion. It was about him saying, oh my God, I just called the most powerful animal in the world a weakling. Can't do that. I can't do that. It's wrong. It's wrong. So even though I'm running back and I'm saying, I'm sorry, it doesn't understand that I called it a weakling. And it doesn't understand that I said, I'm sorry. It looks at me like, you know, what are you talking about? Ashbiacha, when he swore that he can't be there, then the malach got him out of there, right? Because a mashbia is through a malach. But the lesson that you learn from the is even an animal. Alachas kama v'kama, if you, if you insult a person who does understand what you're saying and who does have feelings, alachas kama v'kama, you have to run after them and, and ask them forgiveness. The pain that you caused them. An animal has no feelings who doesn't even understand your apology. He had to run, he ran after him. And it's a little bit scary to run after a lion, right? No. That's, that's what I got from this Medrash Tanchum. He talks a lot about, about Yehuda and, and Yosef and the whole, uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole challenging of, and the whole fighting and, and it was, but it's not, it's for guys. You know, he punched them and he, and, and he, and he locked them up and he, two hairs came out of his chest and they, they went shooting out because Yehuda was very angry and he was chewing on copper. Last night for the guys it was like great shit, like wow, Rebbe, he was chewing on copper, like, you know, with how was that karate chop, but I don't think we really need, I don't think it's really for the, for you guys. Um, so the Medrash talks about this whole fight and that actually Menasha was the one who put Shimon um, because they weren't scared that any guy could do anything to them. He put Shimon into jail by force. He hit him very hard. And Shimon said, he said, You are saying that this was a mitzvah that hit me? It's got to be from, it's got to be from, from, from our house. So it seems to be that Outside of them being Tzadikim and Gedalim and who they were, they also knew how to fight. Because if this Maka was able to take Shimon down, they knew right away that something else, something else is going on. Okay. But what I do want to talk about, which I spoke for a long time, now there are all little bits that you're going to remember, because there's little pieces from Old Shurim that you need to hear to get to the point that I want to make. But I'm going to tell you a Chidah tonight, a Chidah that is mind-boggling. Okay. So you can go home and say, I learned Achidah. So let's go back to Pashat Vayeshev. And I, I did speak about this a little bit, but we got to go over it to get to where I'm going. So Pashat Vayeshev, it starts off with Yeshev HaTzadik, not belonging, not being accepted, not being part of the brothers, right? As it says in the, and the Pasuk eludes to it, and it says very simply, Eilatolus Yaakov, Yosef ben Shvaz Shani was 17 years, Hayaraya es Echo Batsain, he was a shepherd with his brothers, Unar as Bnei Bilah was Bnei Zilpah, and he was a Nar together with Bnei Bilah, Bnei Zilpah, Nishay Aviv. They were the the other two wives besides Rachel and Leah, right? Vayalbe Yosef as he bussim Ralavihem, and he brought Loshen Hara, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, now, look at what Rashi says. Well, a lot of people don't know this Rashi. As Bnei Bilah, we never learned this. This is new. That's B'nai Billah. I've always told you that his brothers did not accept him. Rashi says the following. Why does it say that he was hanging around with B'nai Billah and B'nai Zilpah? What about the six children of Leah? Right? Ruben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, right? Yishach and Zvulun. Says Rashi, Kilema. Ruggel Eitzel B'nai Billah. He was always hanging around with the Bnei Billah and Bnei Zilpah. Why? Again, I, I don't understand this because you can't really talk about the brothers this way, but I'm reading you a Rashi. His brothers used to always make fun of him. Well, of them, I'm sorry. His brothers, the six brothers used to make fun of of the... I don't understand what that means. Okay? I don't understand what that means, but whatever that means, they were from... Leah and, and Leah's, Leah's maidservant was Billa and Zilpah, what, you know, uh, Ruckles was Billa. So these were the maidservant's kids. So you see a certain, which we're going to see how this connects, unbelievable. You see a certain sensitivity in Yosef. That because the brothers used to make fun. You guys are just kids of a maidservant. Vuhu Makarvan. 
Yosef made his business. He was very sensitive to the to these children. So, and he used to be makar of them. So even though they were older than him, right? But he was makar of these kids because he saw them getting picked on by the shift they call. I don't understand what that means, but I'm just reading what Rashi says. So remember that Yosef was extremely sensitive to other people. We see this all the way in the beginning when we first learn about Yosef, right? We first learn about him. We see that he had brothers that weren't being treated well by his other brothers. And he went and was Matthias them. He tried to be nice to them. So the Torah tells us, it doesn't hide it. And it tells us, Okay. Now, let's go a little bit further. So he tells his dreams. And his brothers do not like him. Right? But Yiru Echov Avavim, they saw that Yosef was loved by their father, because Echov from every, he was a favorite son. But Yisnu also, they didn't, um, they hated him. That's pretty heavy. So now I want to tell you what Rashi says here. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So this is like the worst thing, like, you could say about someone. Not only they hated him, ladies, they hated him, they hated him so much, that they couldn't talk to him. The double shalom. It's like, I, I, I don't, I can't talk to this person, right? That's pretty heavy. So, when we learn this, we're like, wow, brothers, man, how could they, how could they hate their brothers so much that your mommish can't even talk to him, right? Some people don't get along with other people in their families, but they make believe, right? They make believe. They didn't make believe. They're like, we're not talking to him. How does Rashi learn this? Fantastic. Rashi says, they wouldn't talk to Yosef. While the Torah is telling us the 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 gnus the the bad, the Torah wants to teach us their praise. What's their praise? That they didn't they didn't hate him in their heart and talk to him nicely. In other words, I don't like you. You know I don't like you. Not a backstabber. Not. Hi, how are you? How's everything? And in my heart, I'm like, ooh, I hate your guts. So Rashi's saying that the Torah is telling us something good about them. What you see is what you get. We don't like you. We're not talking to you. We're not smiling in your face and being nice and then behind your back talking bad about you. So Rashi doesn't lose. Rashi says, in the gnus, in the criticism of what they were, there's, there's always shvach. Yosef was sold, but he was sold in a spice trade, not in an oil trade. There's something good. I was looking at him like, wow, they're so bad that they wouldn't even talk to him. Rashi's like, no, they're so good that at least they didn't fake him out. They're like, we don't like you. So we're not talking to you. Okay? So this is, this is the, this is the relationship. I'm, I'm only reading the words because again, you know, someone came over to me, how do you talk about the shift they call like this? I don't understand. I don't understand this relationship that they had. I'm sure it was on a very high level. They judged him to be a Lush and speaker. They judged him that he was they actually judged him, Lamisa, that he should die. Because when he said, it's interesting, it's halacha. When he said that his father and mother bowed down to him, he was married by Malchus. Because Yaakov was the king, right? So by the, 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 the punishment for rebelling against the king, like a, a king of our Jewish king, is Misa, is death. So when he said, my father in the dream, bow down to me, they pass you, you are a Moya B'machus, Moya B'machus Chayim Misa. Finished. So it's not like they just, they came up with this thing, they're going to kill him. They said, the halachic, we're a Bezdin, and we're passing that he has to die. So that's why they came up with that, because he was Moya B'machus. He said, the king bowed down to him. That's a rebellion. That's a total rebellion. So, they decided, okay, we'll see soon what happens. Anyway, so his father came up with this idea, right? I'm going to send you to the, to your brothers, you're gonna find out how they're doing, you're gonna find out how the sheep are doing, you're gonna make friends, cause they're gonna see that you care about them. Brilliant idea. Well what happens? And this we spoke about, but it's, I just have to weave this for you. So, he goes to find his brothers, he can't find them. So the, the Torah tells us, Vayim ish, and a man found Yosef, and he was wandering, he was lost. And the man said, what do you want? So there's two questions. Number one, it should say he was lost. You, you don't find something and then find out it's lost. You lose something and then you find it. Right? So if something's lost, then you find it. 
for some reason the Torah is doing a flip here. It's saying, she found him, and behold, he was lost. No, he was lost, and he found him. That's the normal way of writing it. Yosef was lost, and a man found him. Not a man found him, and he was lost. It's in the wrong, it's in the wrong order. And then it says, Ish, the man asked him, which was a Malgavriel, Matavakesh, what do you want? He should have said, what? Where are you going? Where are you going? What do you want? I want a lunch. I want lunch. Like, what, 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 what do you want? Someone's lost in Borough Park. I'm like, what do you want? I'm like, where are you going? You're going to 13th Avenue? I'll give you a ride. You're going to 13th Avenue? Go this way. What do you want? If I see a guy hitching on the street and I, and I, and I flip open the window, I want to say, what do you want? He'll be like, excuse me, I'm not going with you. Right? So, what kind of question is this? It's very, very beautiful. And the answer is, it's a lesson to all of us, and I, I, this week was a tough week. I don't know, Hanukkah for some reason is a pretty tough week. Kids get lost in Hanukkah for some reason. Maybe because Taka, it's this year, it's around this holiday, and there's a lot of tumma in the world. I don't know. But like a lot of parents got to talk to their kids and found out that their kids are not keeping Shabbos, and they don't believe in Hashem, and their parents are like going freaking out, and they're calling me like, what? You know, I start talking to my, to my daughter, and she's like, should I keep shouting? I'm lost. I, 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 I'm lost. That was the word. You heard the three? I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I want to help me. I'm lost. What happened over here is don't wait until, don't wait until you realize the person's lost because intervention takes a lot more money, energy, white hairs, and sorrows than prevention. How do you prevent your child from going off? You talk to them. And maybe, if you find the time, if you find the time to talk to your children, you will find out, they are wandering, and they have questions, and they're going, they're going through some stuff, right? Don't wait till they're lost to find them. Find them, talk to them, and you say, hey, you find the time for them, and then you might find out, and once you find out that they're wandering in the field, by the way, the sada is used very often in this world, right? So, or engane then, right? So you, you find out that they're lost in the spiritual world, right? So then, matavake, so shefala, what do you want? What's wrong? What do you want? What's, what's bothering you? Not what are you looking for. What, 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 what do you want? What's bothering you? So this malach, he knew that Yosef was looking for his brothers. That's not what he was asking. That he knew. He said, Matavakesh, Yosef, what do, you, what do you want? If I was a Aladdin in the lamp, if I was a genie and he was a malach, right? If I was, a, if I was a, an angel or a genie and I could give you whatever you want, what do you want? And Yosef said it straight up. Yosef said, you want to know what I want? Es achai ani, the same word as Mavakesh. Es achai anoichi Mavakesh. I want my brothers. My brothers don't like me. My brothers don't talk to me. My brothers don't accept me. We all want, the one thing that every human being wants is acceptance. A wife wants to be accepted by her husband and her husband wants to be accepted by his wife and a parent wants acceptance from their children and children want acceptance from their parents and, 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 and even if you work for someone, you want the boss, you want to be accepted that you're something in the office and that you're, you, that you're there, right? Everybody wants acceptance and we're willing to be accepted. We're willing to do the craziest things in the world. Cults. And, and gurus and all this other stuff is based on people who have no place who are looking for a place to be accepted. And you walk in the door and they're like, Shalom, you're now one of us. The biggest words to a person's heart. You're one of us. That person, when they hear that, they're like, I will give up anything to hear those words. You're one of us. And that's how gangs in California exist. The Bloods and the, all these other places where they have to actually murder and do all kinds of things because... They're one of us. Yosef was not one of them. So he told the Malach, all I want to be is accepted by my brothers. Well, what happens when you don't accept someone? In school, at work, you already judged them. You already made up your mind what you think of them, right? That's why in my school I don't allow teachers to tell other teachers about kids because next year maybe that kid next year this summer is going to do chuvo or change and if you tell that other teacher this is the worst kid in my class then the teacher has a picture already you don't give the, the kid a chance to change right so one, one of the main things in my high school that girls come to my high school right is because the teachers and the staff and, and the girls they accept you you walk in 
You're part of them. You're us. You're one of us. And that's a very big thing. And Yosef was looking for that. But because they judged him, also very big words, says the following, They saw him from afar. The prophet doesn't have to tell us this. It's telling us something very important. When you look at someone from afar, you don't get close to that person. You don't know what makes them tick. You don't know their pain. You don't know their dreams. You don't know their potential. You don't know anything about that person, but you already judge them because of the skirt, length of the skirt, or the no beard, or or the jeans, or whatever you judge people by. Right? But you're judging them from afar because you didn't get to know them. This is the Apostle. Before he could even get close to them, they already planned to kill him. We do this all the time. We character kill, we character assassin people before we even get to know them. Oh, from that family? Oh, he goes to that shul? Oh, he's in that bungalow colony? Oh, that's your friend? Oh, I didn't do it her. Dead! Finished! Over! I want anything to do with this person. Why? Because the Tarim, you're not even let them get close to you. They never let Yosef tell them why he was coming. If they would have let him tell him, he would have said, Hi guys, brothers, maybe apologize for the dreams, I don't know. By the way, Dad sent me, I'm here to see how you guys are doing. Psh, first time Yosef even cared how we're doing. Wow. It could have been peace. Now, when you make a decision on somebody, they have, that's it, it's done. Done. First impressions, to change a first impression is almost impossible. Almost impossible. I'm right now involved in a shidduch where a very wealthy family and this girl went out with this boy who was very, very poor. Very poor, from a very poor family. And the they made a l'chaim and the poor family walked in and this rich family just took one look at them and decided they're riffraff. They're not cultured. They're riffraff. This is not for us. The boy is just going to abuse my daughter. So this lady calls me up and she's like, I need you to help me. This, this boy is not for my daughter. I'm like, is your daughter happy? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I'm like, what? No. They're uncultured. They're this. They're that. I said, you sit down and you talk to them. You talk to the boy. Do you know anything about them? Maybe they're very poor, but maybe they're... Do you know anything about them? No. The minute they looked at them and they were dressed in not such good clothing and whatever it was, done. Finished. I spoke to this lady. I tried. I'm like, but your daughter already can't wait. No, she's not going to be happy. I know. She's, she's on a rebound. Got some mices, right? They already made a decision. You know what it's going to take to change that decision? I can't even change that decision. Because you, you're not, you, if you look at someone from, from far, then you are going to character assassinate them. They did more than that. They actually, if you see what it says here, it's not, Ah, there were brothers! So one man said to his brother, The dreamer is coming! Let's kill him. Let's throw him into the, let's throw him into the pit. And then we'll say, my So what happened to all his dreams? Brothers, Shiftei Ka, if you would have killed Yosef, Yaakov would have gone to Gehenna, because it says that Yaakov's guarantee not going to Gehenna was that all his children would live until he dies. So Yaakov would have been scared, he wouldn't have gone to Gehenna, but he would have been scared that he's going to Gehenna. Yosef would have never gone down to Mitzrayim. The Gullus would not have started early, so the Jews would have had to stay in Mitzrayim much, much longer, and the world would not have been saved. So you judged this boy to death, while had you killed him, you would have killed the world. And the reason is because you looked at him from afar. So nobody in this room, and nobody watching this shear has any idea what you judging somebody, critically judging someone, you could be stopping someone who could be helping the whole world. You could be destroying that person. The brothers were going to kill their brother, and that would have, according to the Chidah, being that he was the Yisoyed, the whole world would have been destroyed. 
And why were they ready to kill him? Because they looked at him from far. They never got to see him, what he really was. They would have just listened to why he was there. The whole thing wouldn't have happened. Okay. Let's go a little bit further. So now they come down to Mitzrayim, the brothers. By the way, they called them Balachaloimais. Right? Balachaloimais. Baal also means the owner, the owner of dreams. He became the owner of Paro's dreams. And because he became the owner of Paro's dreams, they sort of said a Nevoah without realizing it. He was the Balachalomos. It was all about dreams. Yaakov had a dream on the, on the mountain, right? When he was going into Lavon. Then Yosef had two dreams. Then the two guys in the jail had two dreams. Then Paro had two dreams. So for some reason they were all in twos, except for Yaakov's dream. They were all in two. Yosef had two. Paro had two. And the two Khartoumim. Each one of them. The two uh, Saramashim and the Saraisim. Right? Okay. So now, I said this last night. I got so many emails today about it. And they actually say it's from Rav Shadron. Maybe I heard it from him a long time ago. So now let's go into the pit. The end of Pasha's Mikates. In the end of Pasha's Mikates. No, I'm sorry. The end of Pasha's Ayesha. So we're in the pits, right? So I asked last night my class of boys, I had a big class, I said, guys, what got Yosef out of prison? What got Yosef? He was thrown into prison, the Sarah Eifim had a dream, the Sarah Mashkim had a dream. What got him out of prison? So all the guys all together said, the dream. He translated the dream. He translated the Sarah Mashkim's dream and the Sarah Eifim. So after that, the Sarah Mashkim remembered Yosef and told Paro that he's a dream translator. And then Paro told him his dream. So what got him out of prison? The dream. I said 100% wrong. That's not what got him out of prison. What? So, you were a good student. What got him, what got him out is the following. And it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. What, what got him out was as follows. Listen to this passage. These two guys went to sleep. They woke up. And Yosef, walking through the prison, he came upon these two, these two the butler and, and the baker. And he saw them. They were... How do we translate off him? Upset, but there's a better word for that. Downcast. The art scroll. The Ferrisha art scroll. They were downcast. He sees these two guys in prison. Goyim. Got his brothers. Two guys. They don't look good. They look downcast, depressed. No, it's my problem. What would we say? My problem. I got my own problems. I'm worried about these two guys. These Mitzrim. I got my own problems. No, not Yosef. What did Yosef do? What did Yosef do? He went ahead... And he said the following, and this is what saved the world. And he asked these two, the Sarai from the Sarah Mashkim, Madua Pinechem Ra'im Hayom. Why does your face look so bad today? Why are you downcast? And then they told him the dream, and then he translated the dream, and then the Sarah Mashkim told Paro. So actually, by Yosef asking two strange people in prison, what's bothering you? What's going on? Right? Now, you can't see that from afar. That's only when you're very close to someone. And them telling him, he saved the world. Because had he not asked them what they dreamt, he would not have translated the dreams. The Sahamashkin wouldn't have told Paro. Paro would have never understood his dreams. He would have never understood the seven good years and seven bad years. He would have had seven good years thinking it's going to last forever and they would have eaten everything up. They wouldn't have put away all the stuff from the seven good years for the seven bad years and the world would have starved to death. So the whole world was saved not by Rabbi Wallerstein and not by organizations and not by a big speech and not by some big tzaddik and some gadol hadar or some rebetzin. The world was saved because a human being asked another human being what is wrong? You don't look good. You hear what's going on? This is the Torah. Do you hear how asking someone what is wrong can change the whole world? 
We all think, yeah, I'm supposed to split the world, the rainbow. You got to save the world. I mean, if I ask you, to write me a composition tonight on how someone could save the world. You'll come up with, you cured cancer, maybe able to make wheat grow from water. You come up with, you, you, nobody in this room, unless you learned this, would write, save the world by asking someone, how are you? You'd say, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, right? The Torah shows you that it's not ridiculous. Now, where does this come from? This is not something new. He was sensitive to his brothers in the beginning of the parasha. He saw they were being picked on. So this was not something new about Yosef. He was sensitive to his brother's feelings that they're being picked on. So of course a person who's sensitive to others' feelings is going to be sensitive to two guys who get up in the morning who don't smile. And where did that come from? From his mother. Rachli Menu was very sensitive to Leah's being embarrassed. By the way, when it ever comes out, my book on spiritual DNA, this is a whole chapter. If you don't believe in spiritual DNA, look what happened from Rachli Menu having pity on her sister. So Yosef had pity on, on, on the maidservant's children. In turn, he had pity on these people that were stuck in the jail and didn't look good. And from that came the saving of Mitzrayim and the saving of Kleisel who came down to Mitzrayim and gives them to eat and the whole story. So everyone who's a mommy, right, or a grandmother, whoever it is, spiritual DNA, if you think that you, by you being nice and asking the lady on the bus, so what's bothering you, you don't look good today, right? If you don't think that can have an effect, well, guess what, your grandchild, right, or in this case, Ruchel, with Ruchel's child, right, that DNA goes into the kid and the kid all of a sudden sensitive, doesn't even know why, to other people's, other people's feelings. This whole story of this whole, by Yigash, by the whole, the end of Barashas is based on one question that Yosef asked. What is wrong? God, I was going, when I learned this, I was like dancing. I was like, that is so not normal. You could not write a movie. You could not write a play if I told you that Make a play that asking someone what is wrong, save the world. Yeah. You'd have to come, I don't know, you'd have to have a lot, a lot of genius. The Torah showed us here was just a little teeny question. But Yosef wanted to teach this to his brothers. So listen carefully. So this week's parsha, right? So the Torah tells us after this, and this is a chidah. Don't forget this chidah. Miriam, I never ever said this chidah. I saw it this week. It is mind-boggling. Listen to what happens. So when they come down, when they come down to Mitzrayim, they don't recognize him. Here it is. Vayar Yosef is Echov. Vayar Yosef sees his brothers for the first time, and he recognizes them. Vayidabe item kashos. Gives them a hard time. Where are you guys from? Vayaker Yosef as Echov. And Yosef recognizes his brothers, but they don't recognize him. You just said the passage before that Yosef is He recognized them. So what's this passage saying? He recognized them. So we call it we call it in Gemara a bitmia. This is how you have to read the passage. Yosef is Yosef recognizes his brothers, and they didn't recognize them. How could he recognize his brothers and his brothers not recognize them? Now, we know that Yosef looked exactly like Yaakov. The Chidol, we spoke last year about this, that, Yosef, that Yaakov was a Gilgal of Adam, and he had to fix the Aveira of Adam of Gilead Royas, and Yosef was also a Gilgal of Adam, therefore the parts of their face looked exactly alike. In fact, the Medrash says that when Yosef went to the window, when he was with the, with the wife of Potiphar, and he went to the window... And he saw a reflection of his face in the window. He thought it was his father. Because he looked exactly like his father. And that scared him. And he realized that my father's face is on the Kisar Kavod. Yaakov's face on the Kisar Kavod. If I do this at Veira, they're going to take his face off the Kisar Kavod. How could I do this? So we know that he looked exactly alike. Now, if he was a young guy and he didn't have a beard, father had a beard. Okay, you know, with a beard and without a beard, your face changes. But Yosef was not a young boy anymore. 
right? He was 17 when he was kidnapped. It's 22 years later. He's 39 years old. He has a beard. So how could the brothers be looking at their father's face because he looks exactly alike, even if he might be more white? How can he look at his father and not recognize him? So the Torah is telling us, you should recognize them. How could they not recognize him? Now, here comes the Chida. And the truth is that why didn't they, why didn't they recognize him? And Yosef, the next passage, Yosef answers the question, Miriam. But Yiska Yosef is a chalemais, all of a sudden. When the Pasik said they didn't recognize him, but Yisku Yosef is a chalemais, a shechalam And he remembered the dreams, and he's like, they judged me. They called me bala chalemais, how could they think I'm second to the king? Once you make that judgment, the person can be sitting right in your face, right? You already judged them, they can be sitting right in your face, you will not recognize them. I know a girl, I met her principal in Glatmar. I said this story many years ago. And she was a girl that was in my school. And she totally, totally changed. But her face didn't change. Right? And she walked over to him and said, Do you recognize me? And he looked at her face and he said, No. And she said, What do you mean? I was in your office every day. How could you not recognize me? He says, I don't recognize you. Who are you? And she said her name. And he said, Impossible. He threw her out of his school. Impossible. She was, she was reading a shaitel, she's already married, she looked like a mensch, right? He's like, it can't be, you, 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 you're kidding me, you're his sister. Yeah. He hurt her very much. I said the story many years ago. She was very hurt. Why couldn't he recognize her? Her face did not change. She was in high school, she was a little bit older, a little makeup. Her face did not change. The answer is, because in his head, she's an ice spot, she's a loser, she's, she's just a bum. He threw her out. She, she can't look like that. So right after the Pusik says that the Hamley Kuru, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, they don't recognize me? Of course. But yes, yes, if it's a Chalayim, was, they don't recognize me because they judged me as a dreamer. And it says in the Medrash that when they came to Mitzrayim, they went to look for their brother. They knew their brother was in Mitzrayim. They went to the base Zainais. They went to the house of prostitutes. They figured he's so beautiful. Where's this boy going to end up? In the low life. He's going to end up there. So the Medrash says how... how could you imagine? That's where they went to look for him. So if you're going to look for a boy in the house of prostitutes and now he's sitting second to the king, he can't be the same person. You're, 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 you're going to look him in the face, you won't even rec- you won't recognize the person because you already made that judgment. So they didn't recognize him. Now, says the Chida. Fantastic. This week's Pasha, when Yosef says, I need Yosef, he says the following. He gave him crazy musr in one word. He said the following. He saw that everybody was out. He couldn't control himself. But Yom Yosef El Echav. Ani Yosef. I am Yosef, guys. Ha'oyd Avichai. Is my father still alive? His brothers could not answer him. Why couldn't they answer him? He asked a question. Is my father alive? Why don't they just say yes? Why couldn't they answer him? So, number one, he should have said, Ani Yosef, Ha'odovinuchai. They were his brothers. He should have said, I am Yosef. Is our father alive? He did not say, Is our father alive? He said, Is my father alive? Why did he say that? So he said to them the following. If I'm Yosef, and Yaakov is my father, but you guys didn't accept me as your brother, then you you cannot be his child. Again, think about this for a second. If my father, if, if I am Yosef, and my father is Yaakov, and yet Yaakov had Yosef, but I'm not your brother, then he can't be your father. He has to be at least a half-father, even if we have different mothers. So, you never accepted me. So it's not, I'm not one of you, you did that. So then, is my father alive? He can't be your father if we're not brothers. Yisrael, all of us, are Hashem's children. But if you cut away, you don't talk to another Jew, or she's not part of my world, then Hashem can't be your father. Because if Hashem is her father, and you're not her sister, 
then Hashem can't be your father. And that's what he said in one line. One word. It's not Avinu. Because it's Avinu, then you'd be my brothers. You're not my brothers. You don't treat me that way. Now what happened is as follows. But the question is, girls, why did he ask this question? Why did he ask this question, is his father alive? The whole Pasha, all he talks about is, so how's my father doing? Is he okay? Right? Not my father. Is the father of you guys doing okay? Yehuda told him 20 times in last week's Pasha that I have an old father and he's up in the, and if he loses this kid... So, so Yosef knew he was alive. So why did Yosef ask this question? So the Chidos is the following. He was very scared, Yosef. He was very scared that his father was not alive, but that his father died. Why was he scared? It's unbelievable Chida. Last night the guy, we went crazy on this. Why was, why was Yosef scared that his father died? Because until this week's parasha, he believed Jehuda and them that they had a father that was alive. But something happened in this week's parasha. Yosef said to them the following. But no Adoni, Yehuda is telling Yosef, We have an old father, the yellow Jakudim Katan, and a young little boy named Benjamin, and the other brother died. We were talking about Yosef. And Yosef knew that was a lie. Yehuda knew they sold him. So once Yehuda lied, once you lie, I don't believe anything you told me. So Yosef thought to himself, sure he lied. Maybe my father is, maybe, maybe, no, so first of all, why did, why did Yehuda lie? Why did he say my brother's lost? Right? Why do you say your brother died? Because you would have figured at this point, with Yosef making them bring down Binyamin, I'm not doing anything until you bring down your other brother. You're thinking, Yehuda's like, if I'm going to tell him my brother's lost, he's going to say, I'm not letting anyone go till we find him. And we're not going to be able to find him. So this Meshuggah king, instead of going through a whole thing with him, he's dead! Have a good day! Finish! If I'm going to start telling him, we sold him, why did you sell him? Where is he? He made, he made him crazy about everything. So Yehuda said, straight up, I'm not, I'm not telling him the truth. He's dead. When Yosef heard, when Yosef heard, you have to help up here. It's worth it. When Yosef heard that his brother is lying, he thought that maybe his father was dead. Because once you're lying, you're lying. Now what happened was, Yosef got even more scared. Because his brothers were standing in front of him, and they did not recognize him. And he looked exactly like his father. So he said, probably... The reason they don't recognize me, if they just left Eretz Yisrael, saw their father, came to Mitzrayim, they would recognize me right away. Must be he died 10 years ago. They don't remember what Yaakov looks like. So it's not fresh in their memory, so they're not recognizing me. Here's the Chidah. Harishonim Parashu Da'am Muzal Ben Zikunim Hulo. It says that Yosef was a Ben Zikunim in the beginning of this week of, of Ayeshev. He Ben Zikunim him low. But we know that Yosef was not a Ben Zikunim. Benzikunim means the child that you had when you were very old. Right? Yosef wasn't the Benzikunim. Ladies, who was the Benzikunim? Benyamin. But the Torah tells us in the beginning of the Bible, Yeshev, ki Benzikunim, well, that Yosef was Yaakov Benzikunim. So what does that mean? So he translates it, not Zikunim, Ziv Ikunim Shalodomalo. The profile of Yosef was the exact profile of, of Yaakov. So not Benzikunim. But Ikunim, the Desha Omani Yosef, and that Yosef said, I am Yosef, and I'm very nervous. Abichai, is my father alive? That my face looks exactly like our father. How could it be they don't recognize me? Must be he died a long time ago and they don't remember what he looks like. So he panicked. Why couldn't they answer? What does the Pasuk say? Kinithalu mipanav. Because nithalu mipanav, many people translate, again, let's go to the, let's go to the arch grove. Kinithalu mipanav. Hold on. It's the end of Pasuk Dalid. But his brothers could not answer him because they were left disconcerted before him. And nithalu is, like, you, you just lost your breath. They were like, uh, in awe, like, uh, uh-oh, right? 
says the Chidah. Doesn't mean that they were in awe or they had nothing to say in front of him. Me pun of from his face. The first time that they saw that it was Yosef's face. That it was exactly their father's face. And they were like, Nivhalu, how could it be we're in the triumph so long up, down, going through? How could we not have recognized his face? Because until he said he was Yosef, and they, they passed him from afar what, he, what they think he's going to look like. You know what this kid's going to look like in 10 years? Like my rabbi told me when I was in high school. You know what you're going to be when you grow up? So they already had this picture of who he was going to be. So they couldn't see who it was. Now he said, no, I am Yosef. They said, oh my gosh, how, how, how could we not recognize his face? Wow. And for that, they realized that their whole judgment of him from day one was wrong. Says the Medrash, when you find out that all your life, all your stuff that you made excuses and you figure it out, when you find out that it's all wrong, imagine them, and, and, and according to the Chidah and the Arizal, they actually died. They actually died. For when Yosef said, I need Yosef, the Neshamas went out and they died on the spot, dead. All the Shvatim were dead. And Akash Bochum made a miracle and he brought the Malachim and they put the Neshamas back. That's how embarrassed they were. That they judged someone and that their whole, imagine after 120 years you come up and you realize you lived a whole lie. I haven't told this story probably in 25 years. I just want to tell you, it just reminded me of a story. Anyway, that's the Chidah. So the Chidah says he was taka worried. How come they didn't recognize me? And then, and then I'll end with the story. And then, Yosef wants to fix it. Ah, he was, that's why he's my, my champion. Yosef wants to fix this. So this is what he says. He says to them, what was the whole problem between the, what was the whole problem between the two of us? What was the problem? What's the problem with this relationship? With me and my brothers? What, what, what went wrong? Right? What went wrong was what I said. That they, they judged him and they looked, they looked at him from afar. So he wanted to fix it. So this is what he said to them. His first words of Musr. Right? So he says, they didn't know what to say. You know what your mistake was? You always looked at me from afar. Come close. Come close to me. And they came close. But Yomer, listen to the change. I need Yosef. He added the word. He didn't say that. He said, I need Yosef. He said, I need Yosef. You came close to me. Now we're brothers. Looking at a brother from far away and making a judgment, that's not a brother. So he said, come close to me. They came close. And the next time he said, I need Yosef, because they still were in shock, he said, Achichem. Now we're brothers. You want to be a brother or a sister? Don't judge somebody from afar. Maybe when you find out and you talk to them, you'll find out, you'll find out what they really, really want. Maybe when you ask somebody what's wrong, you'll save the world. It's unbelievable. These parshas are unbelievable. So just what I was telling you, that that um, that at the end of the day, after 120 years, that's what, that's what it says in the Medrash, that, you know, what are you going to answer if your whole life is uh, your whole life is is a mistake. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.